Do you like to dine out, but you're on a very tight budget? Then the Dining on a Dime podcast is what you want to listen to. Now, here are the guys who are going to show you how to do this. Kevin Wilson and John Cole. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest podcast in the history of our sports. My name's Kevin Wilson. I'm here with my co-host, John Cole, food truck expert. So, time to wake up and sober up. I am so excited. Uh, This week is going to be our food court show. Uh, It's our final show of the year. uh, Yeah, final show of And I really wish one of these shows we did this year was as good as William's build-up for us. (laughs) I mean, he's got this great sort of, these are the guys that are going to teach you how to get it done. He's got this great radio voice, and then there's me going, hey, what's up, everybody? (laughs) But uh, this is our food uh, food court show. So what did I do? This is called Market Forces. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out and I got. I went to the brand new Boris Building, which is a beautiful facility. Uh, just opened 111 Independence Hall, uh, and I found the best restaurant in that food court. I went around the Boris Building several times. Uh, and I looked at pricing on the menu, and the guys we have today are from Grubhouse. Oh, so we didn't get the best restaurant. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Grubhouse inside the Borst building by far has the best deal. So if you guys are looking to eat really well on a low budget at the new Borst building food court, I suggest you go to these guys' Grubhouse. So we're going to start the show this week. Uh, I told you guys, I tell you guys every week that if you guys leave us a review on iTunes, because we're also available on iTunes, that it will be automatically read on the air. So we have two new reviews on iTunes. I'm going to read those two new reviews. Then we are going to get deep into Grubhouse Philly and the Boris Building Food Courts. Uh, In respect to our guests this week, I do have a couple of tips uh, but I did not write a big script like I usually do, uh, so we're going to really focus on uh, the Boris building. Okay, our first new review comes from InspiredMoney.fm. This is our brand new review on iTunes. It says, wish I had been armed with this podcast the last time I visited Philadelphia. Great cheesesteak debates part one and two are very high value shows. Uh, and well worth listening to. But there's so much more. Love the enthusiasm and knowledge shared by Kevin and John for all good things to be eaten. Great show, guys. Keep up the great work. That's our new review on iTunes. It's a five-star plus. Thank you, inspiredmoney.fm, for that review. Yeah, it's, it's awful nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, now I'm going to actually have to do preparation and stuff. Yeah, you might actually have to prep might, for the show. I know. Just a little inside baseball. A little bit. Uh, John Cole, if you go to wildfireradio.com <laughs> and you download the Lunch Special Mania show, I spent hours uh, going through my photos to find the best lunch specials. John did it on the fly. Yeah, I, I was it was all from memory. As He's I was like giving my tips, kind of yeah, as I was giving my tips, John was on the fly. Uh, so. <laughs> as much of my life as. <laughs> oh, wait, did him get married? Oh, crap. <laughs> so our second five-star review, brand new on iTunes, <laughs> comes from Billion Dollar Matt. No. I'll tell you what, friend, to have a friend of the show that's called Holy Bill- cow, I'm digging that, Matt. Yeah, so uh, to have a friend of the show named Billion Dollar Matt, I like it. Kevin and it says Kevin and John definitely made me hungry with all of this food talk. Even though I'm a very well informed uh, foodie from Philadelphia, I can grub when in the Philadelphia area based upon their tips. The best part is the gentlemen dive into where you can eat for relatively affordable costs. Thank you, Kevin and John. For this amazing show. Matt sounds like the kind of guy who hangs at Chris's Jazz Cafe and waits. He goes for lunch and then waits for the musicians to come on. I hear you. All right, here's the thing. Billion Dollar Matt isn't sitting on a stoop. As long as he's not called Million Dollar Matt. He's a friend of the show, he's called Billion Dollar Matt. B, that's nine zeros, son. So waiting for uh, Trillion Dollar Matt to show up. Yeah, if he has Trillion Dollar Matt, he can come in studio. (laughs) All right, our guest this week. Uh, are from my favorite spot at the Boris Building. 
I have told our listeners several times I'm indifferent when it comes to guests on the show. I don't have a favor. I don't have enough favor because I believe me and John can carry an hour and give very good information. No, that's one of us that thinks we can no, carry no, no, an hour. Only cow. No, I'm not insulting yeah. anyone. It's yeah. just that our show gives positive and negative. Once you guys start listening to our show, you'll see that. If we had a bad meal at a restaurant, we'll let the listeners know because I feel that saves them money. And if we have guests on the show, it kind of takes away because people think, you know what I mean? You're in you're in bed with yeah, the Yeah, 2015, I got pancakes at the old grub house, and they only gave me like nine. What's oh, up with that? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to give bigger portions now. The, the smallest order. There was only well. like nine. I remember the pancakes yeah. came out. I'm like, somebody back there knows it's me. Right. Yeah. Stack came up to my chin. Ah, my buddy, meanwhile, has two pieces of French toast. He's like, what the f- is going on here? <laughs> well, here's the thing, and, and I'm indifferent, so that means the listeners, I want the listeners to know, if we bring a guest on this show, it is the very best of the best. Chris's Jazz Cafe, spend an hour with us. You can eat a gourmet meal at lunch at Chris's Jazz Cafe for just 8 bucks. Those are the types of places. So if you see a guest in studio on our show, they are the very best there is in that field. This week we have Jim, the owner of Grub House. It's inside the brand new, beautiful Borst building. I love what they did. And then we have the master chef, the master cook, Jim the cook. Also named Jim, and we're both named Jim, and ironically, neither of us have ever been in that building. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone in this studio knows what a Jim is. These yeah, guys no. are like honorary gyms. We all have uh, bodies for radio. But Absolutely. If, but, if, uh, but if chairs could scream, you'd... Uh... <laughs> but let me tell you, there's no... tapping out under me. There is nothing more food-loving than four big men talking yeah, about food. Guys. I was thinking, this the only thing would be better is if we were broadcasting on seesaws. <laughs> you know, like Jerry Seinfeld has comedians in cars getting coffee. I'm going to start off with Jim the owner. Jim the owner of Grub House inside the Boris Building, 111 Independent. Hall. Uh, tell us about Grubhouse. Uh, we're basically breakfast, lunch, dinner spot, uh, focusing on comfort foods. Uh, I would say right now our best meal, I think, is our hot chicken and waffle. We also do hot chicken in a lot of other varieties um, with biscuits, uh, lunch sandwiches, breakfast sandwiches. Uh, we're also known for the bacon cakes. We had won Best of Philly for that a few years ago as Best Hangover Cure. Nice. So we're, we definitely are the place to go if you have a hangover. We're hoping uh, we're going to be doing New Year's Day brunch from 11 to 6. And we, we have a limited uh, beer list, and we'll be doing Bloody Marys and Mimosas. Uh, there's uh, Bluebird Distilling is in the Bourse. They do cocktails and sell their own bottles. And Taps Fill Station has about at least 30 beers on tap. So they'll both be open New Year's Day as That's well. That's beautiful. So, and, yeah. uh, and what I like about you guys is you're right up front. I walk into yep. the Boris building, boom, you're yeah, right to my you right. don't have to like bother with any yeah. of the other 20 restaurants. And we're, we're also <laughs> like wafting yeah. the bacon smell out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. To, like so. fan it out into the crowd. And yeah. I made sure that uh, I went through the Boris building for our listeners, and I looked at every menu, and I analyzed and uh, did a lot of research uh, when you guys first opened, like yep. your first week open. And I'm so happy to have you guys here because you guys legitimately – have the best deal. If you're looking to dine on a dime inside the Boris building, these guys have an amazing sandwich, which I ate uh, for 7 bucks. right? It's the uh, breakfast sandwich. Like a, yeah, bacon, egg, and yeah, cheese. Yeah, bacon, basic, egg, and cheese. Yeah. Nice roll. Delicious. Uh, for like yeah. seven bucks, right? Right, yeah. And then for a little more, like eight or nine dollars, we do. Uh, we have the Philly special breakfast sandwich, which is really popular. It's a uh, sausage, uh, roasted red peppers, provolone, and spinach. So it's kind of like you know Philly oriented, and it's named nice. after the greatest play in Super Bowl history, the Philly special. Yeah, so. and you guys must have a lot of tourists that get that. Uh, yeah, we do because some of them see Philly on there, and they think they're going in to get a cheesesteak, but they wind up, you know, getting a great sausage sandwich, which is just as representative of Philadelphia. And I'll tell you what, we're going to ask Jim the cook, uh, Jim the cook, uh, what is your favorite thing to make uh, there? Money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I I just... (laughs) Yeah, if the money's not there, then I'm yeah. But, um, uh, I, I enjoy making the biscuits. Um, it's something I would, not necessarily unique to breakfast food, but it, it's it's not it's not easy to to make them right. And uh, so when the biscuits come out and they come out right, it's uh, it's it's very satisfying. Like a science. 
And it really they, is. And they're so versatile. Kidding. I mean, you can biscuits and gravy, you put chicken in a biscuit, you can use it as a, you know, for a breakfast sandwich. So I, I enjoy making the biscuits. And there was a short-lived uh, restaurant down in Center City that was all biscuits. <laughs> scratch it biscuit. Was, yeah, yeah, scratch yeah. biscuit. Scratch biscuit. Yeah. Which is very good. So, yeah. I, I've been there many times. Well, cool. they started as sort of like a, almost like a street vendor. They would do these pop-ups at night markets and stuff like that. And it was really good. But even then, people would be like, so everything's just a biscuit. And I started to say, this is something you ought to put on a truck, not in a brick and mortar. And not that I'm happy that they're not open. I'm I'm kind of dropping this hint as I hope to see them as you know, reopen yeah, as a sure. truck. You know, like get a hold of me and I'll put you in touch. I know yeah. a guy. It was something different. And I think it did <laughs> match a food truck more so than a a brick and mortar. I was in Denver for a while back, and there's a place that now they have, uh, you know, like like brick and mortars. But they started as a truck, and they were literally doing brisket on a biscuit. And the lines for this truck were like an hour long. Wow. And it was just delicious. And I sort of dropped that hint, like, well, you know, in Denver, this, this made some bank. Maybe you want to try this, you know. In yeah. your place. And let's Maybe we'll try that uh, as a collaboration with Mike's Barbecue. Uh, uh, Mike, if you're out there listening, <laughs> you know, you provide the biscuit. I've, the I've got that we'll guy's number if you need me to yeah. call Mike. Yeah, yeah, we all, John, we all do. John, we that's John's buddy. Everyone knows and, and, him, so. I, um, I want to ask Jim, the owner of Grubhouse. We're talking about Grubhouse inside the brand new beautiful Boris building. And if you guys are uh, fans of the show, you know that I had made a public complaint because the Boris building took so long uh, to open, I voiced it on the air in our earlier episodes, and, and we I felt that fr- frustration too. Yeah. And my, my just... mortgage complained about that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> hey, I had to go over to Seventeenth and Arch, I think, during the summer to get some of their food. I forget what building oh, yeah, that we was. Oh, yeah. Food pop up. Yeah, yeah, you were doing right. food pop up, and they were at. Uh, thankfully, they showed up in May. At uh, the food truck thing we did over at uh, right, yeah, at industrial food truck. So there was like a gap. Uh, let's let's not forget Grubhouse. This is like the second iteration. That's right. what I was yeah. just of, about of, to of, ask of, Jim, uh, Jim the owner of yes. Grubhouse inside the Bors Building, the brand new beautiful. And I'll tell you what, once you guys finally did open the Bors Building. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, it really is. It's and right near the Liberty Bell. It's right near the Constitution Center. Uh, it's probably has mostly tourists that walk in there. Yeah, we still get a lot of you know a lot of people who work in the building there or in the surrounding buildings. You know, so it is a mix. I think a lot of people here in Independence Mall think it's just tourists, but right. no, I mean we, there are a lot of residents in the area. You know, not yet. We're kind of like in the two blocks where it's a lot of, you know, the historic district tourist attractions. But a block or two away, there are tons of residential buildings yeah. and homes. I live in a high rise that's about two or three blocks away. So it's, um, you know, we're trying to get that market, too. It's a place for locals and visitors. And I want to talk about the Grubhouse history. You Did yeah. you have a, a, another location? We, we were in South Philly for about four and a half years um, from 2013 till the end of 2017, and we had decided to move up uh, into the project at the Boris because where we were, you know, we had a nice loyal following, and we were busy on the weekends, but the weekdays it was just completely dead. And, well, I don't know, have to just, tell you almost anywhere in South Philly. We just yeah. we just joked around and talked about yeah. our friend Mike. He mentioned that too. Yeah, he loves the South Philly people, but. You know, there are days where it's almost like you're working at a food museum. Like, yeah, don't touch. I mean, that's Nobody's exactly. come in. Um, and I love South Philly. Don't right. get me wrong. Um, Tony, Luke, and I were down there maybe two months ago. We were cruising around. And we walked into four or five places, and they're absolutely empty. Yeah. But, so- you know, like, there's like an hour they're busy. And then, you know, Tony and I are walking to the front of the line at like two in the afternoon. There's not a soul in these and stores. I think that's the problem. I mean, the Philly food scene has exploded over the last few years, but there are just yeah. so many restaurants. Yeah. And if you're at a little bit of a bad location, not necessarily bad. No, if you're off, off the beaten, beaten track. track of, yeah, yeah, like it's, it's all just like hard to get that traffic during the it week. Is. You know, on weekends, enough people, I think, dine out and yeah. visitors come to town Absolutely. that everyone, everyone can be busy on Saturday and Sunday, Friday night. But, uh, you know, it's kind of tough. Part, part of our itinerary during the week uh, was Jim and I saying, when we, when are we going to the hot dog cart at uh, 24th and Pasteur? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, yeah, the famous hot dog cart there that uh, always has a line. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Funny. That <laughs> so. is funny. 
Uh, but uh, so you started at brick and mortar yeah. in South Philly. It must have been like a lottery win for you when you found out that they chose you for the uh, Boris Bill. Yeah, I mean, we were really, you know, at the point where we needed to find a new location within about six months, or I would have had to close the doors. And luckily, uh, this well, opportunity. Let, let, let's came be up. clear too; uh, it, it's a lottery both ways. I had their food before the <laughs> yeah. Boris on multiple occasions. They're yeah. lucky to have food of that quality in there. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, say absolutely. it flat out. Um, yeah. More than once, I was at what I'll call Grub House 1.0. Yeah. Um, a lot of people know me down there from South Philly. And that food, I've talked about it. Uh, just a little bit me patting myself on the back. I was yeah. the first guy talking about this place. Um, a lot of the foodies. He was, he, we got on the radar with him yeah. tweeting and interacting. And finally, I guess we were sort of just like Twitter friends for years. We finally met in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was the, talking about. The, the, the food is absolutely delicious. It is. And my, yeah, that's my you. point. I mean, I'm kind of joking around a little bit about, I'm sure a lot of people knew that they had really good food down there. But the point is. The Boris is lucky, I think, because they want to attract people yeah, in there, right? Quality, yeah. To get this kind of food going, and they do, in there. and and I mean, it's not just us. You know, I want to make clear there are a ton of other great food options in there, and I think you know that's what's exciting, being part of this and knowing mm-hmm. what it can be. And uh, yeah. you know, one of the only major problem we have now at nighttime, people don't know us as a nighttime destination. The place is always busy, you know, for the lunch hour particularly, and, you know, we're busy for business, uh, for breakfast, but night times, I mean, it really has the potential to be almost like an indoor beer garden. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. right across the street from one of the biggest, most successful beer gardens, the Independence Beer Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think as people start thinking of us, and I know all of us are talking about marketing the hall in that way, you know, I think People are going to realize it's a great happy hour destination, you know, dinner and drinks. And, you know, the good thing about a food hall like the Bourse is, you know, everyone doesn't have to be on the same page with what they want to eat. You know, someone might want chicken and waffles for dinner. Someone else wants Italian. Someone else wants Filipino food. A lot of great spots in there. Yeah, there really are. Barry's Bud. Yeah, they're amazing. You got a nice cheesesteak place. Yeah. You know, you got a lot of options at the New Boars. Right, yeah, there's so many. And what I love about the New Boars building itself and the food court is they did an amazing job. Because I, I go there three days a week. Yeah. Uh, the restrooms, they built beautiful restrooms yeah. on the first floor. It, the, the old complaint I would have is that you would have to go all the way to the other side of the Boris building, go all the way downstairs to use the restaurant. Oh, that's silly. That, that There's a place in Chinatown that's like that, too. Yeah. Uh, not to badmouth them or anything. Yeah. You have a lot of great places in there. But God forbid you have to go to the bathroom before you sit down for lunch. Well, that's like 20 minutes of your lunch hour yeah. just running down there and yeah, going but back. My, my point was you guys have all these tourists coming in here, and you would have to literally go right. do a lot of work to use And I, I think the way they've made it now, I mean, it's obvious. It's a prime location, and it kind of lets the city put its best foot forward now. I mean, people who used to come into the old place who don't really know about the renovation. You know, some people thought, okay, maybe they just put new restaurants in there. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful beautiful. looking space, the big atrium. They kind of took the tile, like I guess there was like a 70s era tile on there. They pulled that up, and it's like the original mosaic floor from 1895. And if you guys have not been to the new Boris building, you have to go there. It is gorgeous. Uh, They really did a great job renovating it. Uh, if you take the bus, just get off at Fifth and Market. It's literally right across the street. And, uh, yeah. and nothing against uh, Reading Terminal Market, which I love, but it's uh, the Bourse is a lot more open. I mean, it there's is. something claustrophobic uh, can be about the Reading Terminal wide Market. Open, yeah. Wide Not open, yeah. Not only that, but if you've ever gone, and I love Reading Terminal Market, right. but it's, it's, if you've ever gone there during like the car show or mm. the flower show, That becomes shoulder to shoulder. That becomes rollerball. You've got to seriously shoulder your way up to get a sandwich. That's actually a great point. Uh, The Boris Building is so spread out that I don't foresee any time that you're going to be shoulder to shoulder. It's very nice, right? Yeah. And whoever designed the new Boris Building did a great job because you walk in, boom, you got the coffee place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Boom. To my right, I have Grub House. I mean, it's just really they put a lot of thought into the layout there and uh once again we're talking to grub house uh the outstanding location uh inside the brand new food court at the boris building we're here with the owner jim and the cook jim uh we're talking about stuff tell us what else you have going on down there um like i said we're you know we're trying to uh 
event probably in the new year start doing a lot more night events uh looking at doing quizos karaoke nights things like that like we really that i think is what everyone wants to be the thrust of you know the marketing effort there to be to like really you know encourage people to come at night um like you said you know we're reasonably priced so i think you know either tourists or locals and you know locals a lot of times don't want to go and pay tourist prices exactly and that's why i think you know we're starting already to see you know building up regulars and you know i guess i just want people to know you're not if you live in the Philadelphia area, you're not going into a tourist trap right. at the Boris. You know, there's no souvenir shops selling, no, it, you know, dinky items. I mean, it's all like high quality food vendors, a great place to eat and drink. And the reason I approached you guys to be on the show was because I went in there because I wanted to uh, talk about the Boris building and I examined everybody's menu. And I said, the best bang for your buck is at Grub House. They got delicious food. Sandwiches. I mean, if you're going into the Boris building, you got a seven dollar sandwich. You got the nine dollar Philly sandwich. Yeah, the Philly special. Um, we also have the Southern Clucker, which is very popular. It's another item we use the hot chicken on with uh, pimento cheese and egg. So it's a pretty high quality breakfast cool. sandwich. There. So, well, yeah, the yeah. pimento burger you guys yeah, did. Yeah, we just started like, doing right, that. So like right after Thanksgiving, you started. Yeah, that? like yeah. for. Um, and one of my friends was in there, and he was just. He was amazed. He was just wow. Um, it was huge too. And plus, you're using Pat Lafree to beef. You're right? Not, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. No. No. It's Pat. Hate- there's like a little group of us that kind of always keep track. Um, Upper one of my yeah. One of my buddies is uh, Ron Templeman, and he's yeah. a huge Pat Lafree to guy. And as soon as we hear someone's using Pat Lafree to meat, wow. we kind of get it out there. And you know, he's waiting for the next time yeah. work takes him into the city. So he can he can bomb on over there. That's a good point. That's yeah, nice the point. burgers. I think we're you know going to try to you know keep doing more of them. We uh, it's funny because we do two specialty burgers: the uh, pimento bacon burger and the hangover burger, which is a holdover from our old spot and it's, uh, with pork roll and egg. Yeah, and I was going to say that, so that burger. Like I have a more intimate knowledge of you know, hangover cure burger. But just this week, there were uh, I found out uh, in an article that they said. This week between the holidays is actually the second busiest week for the historic district and behind 4th of July. So, you know, there's a ton of like families in there and, you know, people coming up, oh, can my kid just get a plain hamburger and cheeseburger? So, you know, we added a build your own burger there as well. So if people aren't hungry enough for everything we put on those specialty burgers. Oh, you should have given them the real Philadelphia experience. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, get to the back of the line. Eat that. It's whiz wit. (laughs) It's whiz (laughs) Now, Jim the Cook, what is your funnest, most, what do you think the most uh, creative concoction you've come up with? His bacon costume. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't even think, uh, well, just going back a little bit, I I was actually a, uh, I came to Grub House as a customer years ago, and I have owned a bacon costume that I wear, and I came there wearing a bacon costume for no reason other than yeah. why not wear a bacon yeah. costume? It's Tuesday, of course and, I am. I mean, he was friends with some of the employees there, and like immediately I was like, okay, he's going to work for us someday. And, 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 <laughs> Tell me Jim gave you one of those cool coffee cups, one of the Grubhouse <laughs> coffee cups, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, we meant to actually, we forgot our gift bag for you guys. Uh, we, we had, I had, uh, we got uh, two double XL t-shirts, but yeah, you'll get it. Right, coffee right. mugs too, so. I'll tell you what, we should be on YouTube because there's nothing more foodie fantastic than four big men yeah, talking right. about yeah, I, I, I know. I, this, I drooled on your, your microphone. This studio used to seat eight, but nah, that's not Yeah. Right, yeah, four. I don't um, think we can jam. I'll tell you what. I'll tell anymore. you what. It will take a miracle to get one more person in this studio. <laughs> and I, you know, getting back to breakfast sandwiches, I um, and obviously I don't pass up any breakfast sandwiches. Sure. There are a lot of good ones. You know, Wawa makes a decent one, McDonald's, but uh, you know, we we make it to order from scratch pretty much. And uh, there was a guy sitting at the uh, the counter a couple, you know, about a week ago, and he kind of had the same sentiment. He after he was done, he said, uh, you know. I've had breakfast sandwiches and I like breakfast sandwiches, but this is just a next level. It is. It's like seeing your eggs cooked right in front of you and and like the the bacon sizzling on the pan. It just kicks it up a notch. It's just a different experience. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of difficult at first to kind of deal with, okay, we're in a fast, casual environment. It's, you know, when we had, you know, a brick and mortar with our own seating there, I mean, we do have a nice bar counter that seats 10 people. And, uh, 
just you know. Or Kev, you, kinda, me, and one other person. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> or the four of us. It depends. Four. It's each. It's each fifteen <laughs> or just is us. Variable. Yeah. Uh, later on, we can get that creepy incident. The seats are uh, enforced pretty well. I mean, yeah, Jim didn't spare any expense. Yes, but uh. When I lost my train of thought there. Now, <laughs> um, oh yeah. So as far as like moving from a brick and mortar where you have your own seating, so sort of a fast casual environment. And we wanted to make sure we still, you know, kept everything yeah. from scratch. So you know, the few items that take a little time to make, you know, our server always lets the customer know. And people and understand. People, and people are willing. People are to, willing to wait, to wait yeah. for the most part. You well, know, we've talked. We've had calling people for years, and we've talked about this on this show, on other shows I've done. I'm like, look, I get it. As a South Jersey guy, I- I'm not going to sit here and say I've never had a Wawa breakfast sandwich. I absolutely yeah. have, right? right? I think there might be an empty sizzly box in the back of my truck right now. <laughs> yeah, Let's be there clear. There always is. I don't but, yeah, yeah. But the truth is, if you really, you know, you, there's a Wawa not quite as bad as Philadelphia. South Jersey, there's one like what? Every 1.5 miles or something crazy. Yeah. But if you want to sit down for something a little bit better, you got to give people a couple of minutes to cook it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's be honest. Wawa, I don't, you know, I, or, or even some of the other places, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever, all this stuff is all sort of weirdly pre made. Right. Yeah. It's almost like the old Play Doh Fun Factory. You put everything together and zap it and it's done. And there's nothing wrong with that. But. You know, I, I kind of dig when someone, I remember, I think one of the times I was down in the old store, uh, you guys did uh, pork rolling and cheese on French toast for me. Oh, and I wasn't there that day, and it was, it, This is probably like 2014-ish, maybe. Yeah. Oh, and I, of course, yeah, I was just hungover and whatever. And I, <laughs> and I just, uh, you know, people at my table were like, I want French toast. I want this. And I was like, just put everything they ordered together for me. And the girl went back there and explained, yeah, he wants pork rolling and cheese on French those that sounds great and it was uh it was delicious but it took you know the guy said it's good you know give me a minute i'm like okay man i'm clearly i'm moving at half speed anyway so you take your time Ah, and we'll do that i mean we you know if we our policy has always been like if we have it in house yeah and it's reasonable uh we will do it for you i mean we will not replace your burger bun with two other burgers (laughs) uh, or if we do we'll call that the john's not for the same price but we will yeah, Don't sure. be silly. You yeah, replaced yeah. my burger bowl with Scrapple. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, coming from a guy who has been kicked out of Bob's Big Boy, uh, <laughs> I have to say, uh, but Grubhouse Phillies in our studio today, uh, they are located at the brand new, beautiful, and I'll tell you what, I'm, we're a shoot show. I'll tell you, we tell you the truth. It's beautiful. It oh, yeah, really no, nice. there are times where we've had to say to people, guests or whatever, yeah, we're not going to mention that because that's awful. Yeah, uh, yeah. we've this had to is, say that. You should stop at the Bourse anyway, but this is a destination. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be, you know, if you're in the neighborhood, definitely stop in. The food is, is yeah. top shelf, but this is a thing where, especially like a lot of the foodies, we talk all week on social media about this. Um, people wait for their day off. They kind of schedule different things. Uh, you know, take half the day, spend yeah. the time, go here, go there. Uh, you you will not be sorry. You no, absolutely if, uh, not be sorry. If you're worried about uh, Philly representation, uh, South Philly is well represented between us. Uh, Annie Thomas from uh, from Chat and Chai, she's in there too. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, she used to be in South Philly. Uh, Sam Jacobson uh, from Stargazy has a has a spot in there. Mm. Um, yeah, Mighty Melt. Mighty Melt. Mighty so, Melt. Yeah. yeah was... So uh, we're, uh, Philly's well re- represented in uh, in that food. And the new Boris Building, like I said, it's gorgeous. Uh, it's really. I a think nice they spot. spent a few dollars. I appreciate they that. They so. absolutely did. But I must say, I complained about the delay opening, but it was really worth it. I mean, it was. Re- it's well, really nice. But if you go to Grubhouse... They almost had Jim living in a dumpster, so I'm <laughs> yeah, sure right. so, you know, your inconvenience is nothing well, compared yeah, to his... Jim has notice. seven other jobs, <laughs> actually. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, my kids got used to eating dog food for a while. Oh, <laughs> oh, but, but I'm sorry, Kev, chef, that you had a way. good. But uh, Grubhouse is really, and John made a great point, your, your stuff's cooked to order. It's kind of a step above uh, a regular oh, sandwich. Yeah, yeah I, I even talked about this before. There was no... Uh, pancake mix from Cisco sitting right. at the old grub right. house. No, yeah. I, I knew, I, I kind of knew that it's, I hate to say this, but I've been to diners. So I walk in and when my pancake is comes out bright yellow, I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, Okay, you know, <laughs> like it's going to be this, and I get people all the time. They'll get a hold of me and they'll be like, "Come to my diner. The food's great." Okay, uh, no, 
Um, I don't want bright yellow pancakes yeah, unless they're corn cakes or something. Uh, I don't want. You can kind of tell when every single pancake looks the same. I'm like, oh man, come on. You yeah. know, it's. Uh, I've never had food like that. Uh, it's and thankfully they were smart. They stacked the boars. With, like you mentioned, Sam Jacobs and some other people that can actually cook, yeah. right? Maybe more than any other city, Philly calls BS pretty quick. Yes. Yeah. They uh, do. <laughs> I learned that, you know, being like the hayseed from South Jersey crossing the river. I learned really quickly now nah, they don't really care about being polite. Yeah. You'd open up somewhere, especially in South Philly, if you weren't legit, no. Nah. You just kind of sat in there by yourself until your rent money ran yeah, out, and then you closed. And it's, I, sometime it can be complete BS. I mean, there are some complaints uh, early on in the foodie community that, oh, there's not enough Philly vendors. Well, there's plenty oh, of yeah. Philadelphia area vendors. You, you have a look. Bronze Table, Vera Pasta. You know, they were from Westchester. Yeah. Bricko Pizza just opened. They're, they have a great shop in South Jersey so that Jersey, all my West cousins Mont, yeah. said is the best pizza around. So, you know, most, like, 75% of the places are from Philadelphia and, you know, Baltimore, D.C., you know, there are a few places that the company had a relationship with, but they're give hiring, them a chance. They're hiring <laughs> Philadelphia chefs. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and, you know, no one on the Philly food scene complains when one of our guys goes and puts a flag down right. in New York City. So, you know, not every place has to be. I thought know, about that. I was in Key West yeah. like a year ago and there had to be five bars that I'm, I'm finding like flyers jerseys in yeah. there, and you know Pat Croce's all nation, you know. yeah, and then you know like I'm, I'm finding like a cheese place, cheesesteak place next to my hotel. I'm like, seriously, and I'm expecting it to be total BS. And I go in there, and it's like guys from like you know like food trucks to Philly or whatever. So I'm thinking. Uh, some complaints, and we've talked about this before. Yes, we've kind of reached this point now where the Philly food scene has gotten so popular, it's attracting those people that are you know clickbaiters, attention whores. We've used this term before, and I mean this quite literally. You put something out there because it's terrible. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, it was real hip to bash Wawa. Come on, man. I bet I would find a cup, an empty Wawa coffee cup in your yeah. car. <laughs> we both know why you're bashing this place. James Beard isn't calling Wawa, <laughs> but I bet guys that work at James Beard stop in the morning and grab their coffee on the right, way yeah, in right. there. So to tell me that, you know, and, and then some of these other places too. Oh, it, it, it's overrated. It's overrated. South Philly, you can't find any more Italian food. Ho, yeah, where are ho, you looking? Ho, yeah, where where are, are you looking? looking? I'm over at Franco Luigi's and literally I can't yeah. get any better pizza. And this is still while they're renovating. They're they're putting out this level of really good food while they're renovating. Half the place is closed. Yeah. So when these places say things like, there's not enough Philly representation. Well, really? I'm standing in a circle doing a 360. Now, granted, at my size, it takes a while. <laughs> but I do the but 360. But that just shows you how but, many great options And I'm seeing, and, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of people in yeah. places that I've seen at other places like South Philly, uh, maybe guys that were in food trucks, maybe people that had pop-ups or street vendors or whatever. So, eh. and, and Jim made a great point. Uh, the variety of food, uh, the oh, ethnicities yeah. at yeah. the Boers building, it's pretty much something for everybody. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's a lot of families I get emails from. One kid doesn't like this kind of food. The other kid doesn't like this kind of food. You know, in the Boers building, yeah. everything's represented. No, and that's, I think, what makes it attractive because everyone doesn't have to want the same thing. So right. that's really the benefit of most nice food. E most like ethnicities that. are represented. I like Barry's buns. Yeah, there? they're great. Um, also for dessert, uh, uh, excuse me, dessert Scoop de Ville, yeah. which is right across from us. Based. So that's yeah. kind of dangerous having them yeah, <laughs> that sure. close to us. But, yeah. I've gained 91 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Scoop de Ville. Thanks. Yeah. I I don't think it's the gallon ice cream. Right, yeah. But, you know, and the layout is great. Like I said, you walk in, you got a nice coffee shop right up front. You got uh, the best grub house is right to your right. You got the Scoop de Ville to your left. And then all ethnicities are pretty much represented. So if yeah. you guys want to go and have dinner and and eat different types of cuisine, that's right. Yeah, you have uh, Lalo, which is really good Filipino food. Yeah. Jim mentioned uh, Chat and Chai. Um, Kamun is Egyptian. Uh, right. So, yeah, you know, say that again. Egyptian variety. food. Um, I know that tomorrow, or, well, it's the holiday, but I, I know later in the week I'll read someone will reverb that lame asshole. Oh, no, no, no. It was not this. It was not that. 
No, there's Egyptian food in this place. Yeah. So don't tell me it's not diverse, and don't tell me it's not Philly represented. Oh, it's definitely yeah. diverse. Do yeah. do me that favor because I have eyes. Right. Because you can <laughs> you, know? you can get a milkshake at Scoop the Ville and then walk you know yeah. two steps down and get Egyptian food. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I mean, I got to think about this there, a little so. bit. I mean. Back in the day, like maybe 2014, you used to have to go to a food truck show to get that much diversity. Right. And now they're, you know, kind of smartly putting them indoors. Well, yeah, and I think that's kind of the point that, you know, we're talking about trying to, you know, start drawing happy hour dinner people to come in. It's like it can, what it can be is almost every day like a beer festival that yeah. have 20 food trucks. But instead yeah. of trucks, you know, you're indoors. It's 20 Absolutely. food stands and a couple bar. You have a Bluebird Distilling and Taps Fill Station. Plus, uh, myself and a lot of the other vendors have uh, limited offerings uh, for alcohol. Like we uh, specialize in Southern craft beers, so we'll always have five or six Southern craft beers uh, on the beer list. And we're going to start doing Bloody Marys and mimosas on New Year's. Uh, one quick question: what You're going to stack that hot chicken, John, <laughs> on a skewer in right. a blue a Bloody yeah. Mary. <laughs> At what time is the Bors building closed? Monday, Friday? Monday through Friday. The bars stay open until 10. Most of the food vendors right now close between 7 or 8. Um, we're trying to, you know, we're hoping. That's a good point you just yeah. made. So if I want to go into the blue distillery or whatever yeah. that thing, they're open until 10? Yes, they are. I'm pretty sure they and so if you guys work in Center City. Yeah, right. You're it's going, a great happy hour. Yeah, you go into there. the Bors building yeah. up until around 10. Right, yeah. So and, and we're working on trying to make sure that there are at least like a couple food vendors open late night. So I think that's something you're going to see over pretty quickly in the next few weeks. And another thing is, if they work in Center City, they leave work at 4 or 5 o'clock, they can go there for dinner, because you guys are still open. Yeah, I mean, it's happy hour, dinner and drinks, you know, just uh, like I said, I think we're going to start doing more entertainment. It's set up so that, I mean, you really can have live bands and karaoke. We had a Quizzo event a couple weeks ago that we threw together real quickly, and that went very well. If there's a sporting event on, we are there for, you know, you can sit at our bar and watch the sporting event. So hopefully we get in the playoffs, and, you know, (laughs) we'll be hosting a Super Bowl party there. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Okay, well, our listeners uh, tune into this show so we can give them tips. So we're going to give our tips, and then we're going to come back and yeah. have you guys round up and give your final thoughts. All right. If you guys want to join in with our tips, you're more than welcome. Okay, we're going to talk about food courts today. I uh, just want to let you guys know that because this is my creation, I have decided <laughs> to consider Suburban Station as a food court. <laughs> So my tip of the week is inside Suburban Station. Uh, It's between 15th Street L and the Comcast Center. It's in that little hallway where you have all those restaurants. And my secret gem of the week is called Tina's Kitchen. Uh, If you guys are in the Suburban Station uh, and you're waiting on a train, you're waiting, waiting on the regional rail, there's a nice little restaurant mom and pop owned called Tina's Kitchen. I just love the food. It's kind of one of them places like the mom and dad cooks and the daughters and son run the register. Nice specials every day. I believe they have a $5 cheesesteak starting at 3.30 in the afternoon. I can get a very nice breakfast there for under 6 bucks. So I really uh, enjoy That's my first pick. That's in Suburban Station next to, like, the Dunkin' Donuts yeah. and Taco and I also have a tip. If you're in Suburban Station, you can check out Manitoni Stillworks. Uh, they have an outpost there. They're also, they have a bar down on uh, East Passion. Oh, wow. That's, that's, where, the, the that's where the legendary white right. whiskey comes yeah, from. Right. Jim did his homework. Yeah, I well, didn't well no. <laughs> One I, of us did, thank drunk, God. Drink their booze. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and uh, my next pick in Suburban Station is called PC's Restaurante. It's right next to Tina's. Uh, that's actually a pretty good spot, and a lot of people, you know, if you're waiting for your train at the regional rail or you're waiting, uh, you know, for whatever you're doing, that's actually a great spot. It's packed. Uh, you know, they're not open on weekends down there. Well, we but. try to tell people if a place is packed. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, all right, maybe you don't always have the time to wait, right? And I get that. Yeah. But if a place is packed, that's a good there's sign. A reason. When yeah. you, yeah, there's a reason it's packed. Probably the food is good. Maybe the pricing is fair. Maybe the owner is decent. And the that's men- where you want your money going. And the menu has like five thousand items, so uh, it's it's something for everybody at that. Spot. Sounds like it's politically correct. Too. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's totally it's totally diverse menu. The menu is all over the place. Now, here's the thing. Uh, there's a new spot opened up down there inside Suburban Station. I'm talking about between 15th Street L and the Comcast Center. I'm calling that a food court for the purposes of this show. Sure. There's a new <laughs> restaurant that just opened this week. And I want your opinion, being the cook and being the owner, I can I can tell you with one bite if that egg salad or the chicken salad or the tuna salad came out of that disgusting white tub. I can tell you that in a second. The tub. So I go in to this brand new place, and I'm telling you, I didn't even know it was supposed to open. I didn't know it was being built. It came out of nowhere. It was almost as if the good Lord sent me a spot. It's called Cherrylicious. It opened December 17th right in Suburban Station, uh, right near... uh, uh, right between 15th and Market and the Comcast Center. Uh, it's called Cherrylicious. I go in there and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to get dinner from you guys because you guys are brand new. I said, uh, I would like the chicken salad. And I said, I am an expert. I can tell you with one bite of your chicken salad if it's from that disgusting, nasty white tub, right? Nice. He says to me, no, it's homemade. We pick it up. I'm calling BS on this guy. Right? No, you know I mean? no. So I get my sandwich. Ouch. And, and as I'm leaving, I tell the owner, I said, just so you know, in my mind right now, the BS alarms are going off. You know what I mean? Their sirens are rolling, this, that, and the other thing, because I find it hard to believe. How about this? Well, I have to abstain from that because I don't eat anything that has the word salad in it. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. But Clearly. yeah, I think just with foods in general, I mean, you really can tell when things are. I think you know, this fresh is why made. you're you're good at what you do is that you take the risks. That, I do uh, take other the risks. People might not trust want me. To take. Uh, so I've had three egg salad, chicken salad at a new place. Is a yeah, it's a it's a risk. Uh, you know what? I do it for my fans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I've had when I'm when I'm giving your eulogy, I'll mention. <laughs> <laughs> I do it for all two of my fans, but uh, I've had plenty of spots where I've had to actually put it into a napkin because I can't stand that white tub. Mm-hmm. And I, in fact, I went on a blog, uh, my blog, and I wrote like three pages, and it was nothing but cursing the white tub. <laughs> I can't stand the white tub. Anyway, it was much to my surprise when I got home, it was actually fresh chicken salad. That they picked off, and it was real Hellman's mayonnaise. Well, I can tell you Hellman's mayonnaise. I want to do a blindfold test on this show and, and see if I can pick out the Hellman's mayonnaise. Uh, I only paid 7 bucks, which I thought was very fair. It was a long roll. Chicken salad was fresh from the bone. It just opened December 17th. It's called Cherrylicious. At Suburban Station. Oh, so you did like it at the end. I did, you, yeah. You, I was you, No, no, no. I was doubting first. the guy. Okay, yeah. I so. was Mr. Negative telling right. the guy that you're yeah. full of crap, that this is yeah. not, this is from the tub. It's not, no, I got home, and it was actually fresh chicken salad off so the bone. Twist ending. Right, mixed, yeah. <laughs> mixed, mixed with the mayo, and like Vince Russo, to swerve. <laughs> but uh, that it's was- like the M. Night Shyamalan, what a twist. <laughs> so John Cole, your picks. Uh, one of the things I would probably say real quick about the white tub is this. Coming from the street food world, coming from the food truck world, uh, the white tub is lazy. Yes. Because if you really cook, and I don't have to tell anyone at this table, you know, what are you going to throw in chicken salad, right? You really have no chicken hanging out. You really don't have any, you know, like celery or whatever. Really? Uh, People, this blows people's mind. You know, you can make mayonnaise, right? It doesn't come in a jar. It doesn't, you can make mayonnaise when someone makes that choice. Now, if you're a snack bar, I don't care. You know, you're sitting at some public pool, your snack bar, whatever, your convenience food. But when you're marketing yourself as, quote unquote, real food, the only thing that should be coming out of that white tub is probably the lard you throw on your flat top to make my eggs. Um, when I see people, I'm like, nah, come on. You, you, don't, you don't need to do that. Um, I'll tell you where my picks are going to come from because I always get 
J. Cole, where's your South Jersey love? People know I live in South Jersey. Absolutely. Um, I've talked a lot about Philly markets. People have ran into me probably, no exaggeration, 30 or 40 times in Reading Terminal Market in the last four or five years. People know I hang out there a lot, take business meetings there a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure if you're going to Reading Terminal Market or, you know, we've got guys from the boards here today, you can find these places. Um, I figured I would pick some place from South Jersey, really South Jersey, and that's going to be uh, the Columbus Market, Columbus Flea Market in Burlington County, off the map, middle of nowhere. They probably have, generally they fall somewhere in the top 10 each year when Pete Genovese does his best pizza rankings, and that's Kate and Al's Pizza. Nice. Um, they've been doing pizza there, I believe, since the 50s. Um, and it's some of the best pizza I've ever tried. It's Trenton-style pizza, their version of Trenton-style pizza. There's now another location in Columbus Market, if you don't want to wait, because there's a little bit of a wait there, um, called uh, Pete's Pizza. And from what I understand, this is like a relative that went off the reservation. He didn't want to <laughs> wait 90 more years to get his own joint. So he grabbed a place that when there was an opening in Columbus Market. These pizzas, I really can't tell the difference, and I'm sure this is going to tick them off. I've been eating there for decades, and I cannot tell the difference. It's literally <laughs> the same pizza. If someone took, you know, if someone took somebody's barbecue rub and opened up down the street, I, I, I can't tell the difference, man. Awesome. Um, but it's, it's delicious pizza. It's worth the wait. There's plenty of seating at Columbus Market. Columbus Market is packed with. Um, all kinds of Amish food. People kind of know I've got like Pennsylvania Dutch family roots, I guess. So that food is near and dear to my congested enlarged heart. <laughs> um, Columbus Market, they're open like I guess like Thursday through Sunday. It's weird. Uh, some parts of it are open on some days. Some parts are open on other days. Go over to Columbus Market one day. Don't get sidetracked by all the special deal for you, my friend, tools out of China or whatever. Forget that. Just go over for breakfast. Nice. And they'll have four or five really decent places where they're, they're making their own bread, Amish scrapple, fresh eggs, um, kind of grubhouse type food. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, though. Like grubhouse food in Philadelphia doesn't surprise anybody. Grubhouse food in the middle of nowhere where Columbus Market is, people are like, oh, I didn't even know you had food in here. Yeah, they have really good food in there. Uh, best of all is probably the pizza, which is, again, weird. Let's be honest. We're pretty far from the South Philly, Italian-American sure. neighborhoods. We're way far from North Jersey or Atlantic City, Italian-American neighborhoods. Uh, their pizza is absolutely delicious. And, you know, you take home a whole pie for like 11 bucks. I love it. Um, for me, that's like a single serving size. But um, that would be my pick. Everybody knows where to find the really good food in Philly. It's gotten to the point now, and I, I don't know if, if GQ or one of these magazines said it, if you can't find good food in Philly, you're not looking. Absolutely. You stumble into a Red Lobster, that's on you. And I'll tell you. Um, well, you you, you know shouldn't. When, when New York publications start like praising Philly food, you know yeah, something's up. Yeah, they're, you know it's real. Yeah, I'm they sitting, went yeah. from like trying to, you know, you know, looking down on us throughout history to now want to adopt us as the sixth. I've, so. I've seen that. I saw, I, I was in Washington, D.C., and I was at a hotel, uh, and they had, you know, they always have, like, the local magazine. And I'm reading through the magazine, and their in-house, their in-house chef, they're proud to announce, uh, came from Philadelphia. They're like, oh, he worked at Labor 2 for a while. I cannot remember his name. His name was Greg something. But they were like telling you how happy they were. And I thought to myself, I can't remember traveling to another city, opening up their hotel magazine, and they're bragging about a Philly yeah, show. Yeah, right? that's true. Like they would stash that guy at like 4 a.m. at room service making eggs. That's a good and they'd point. say, just say you're from Pennsylvania. Don't mention being from Philly. And now this the yeah. guy's got like a two-page spread. Nice. Uh, you know, they're talking about how he's bringing all this sort of farm-to-table cooking to a hotel restaurant. Let's be honest. We're all about the same age here. I remember when eating at the hotel wasn't the best move. You know <laughs> what I like mean? A you would, yeah, you would check into a place <laughs> and they'd be like Howard Johnson. Oh, yeah. I still love. Howard I love Hojo, it's, man. It's either the dumpster or the hotel. It used well, to be. It was, in, I, in the old I, days, you know, they'd be like, "Oh, we have a really good like chicken club," and you'd be like. 
Oh, <laughs> you know, sure, like, sure. you know, you would try to check into that place by right. seven o'clock so you could find somewhere else. You're sitting in that hotel room at nine o'clock, room service knocked on the door with that right. club sandwich. You failed. That's right. <laughs> you know, you failed. But now hotels are suddenly realizing, well, wait a minute, we don't want to see money walk out the door. Right. Yeah. And the, for a long time, they, as long as you booked your room, they didn't care. Now, all of a sudden, you start seeing these places and they're like, hey. Um, it's called National Harbor. It kind of gets lumped in with Washington, D.C., but little by little, I see Philly chefs start talking about, well, you know, they're building a lot of these hotels down uh -huh. at National Harbor. And Washington, D.C., once upon a time, didn't have a great food reputation. They really didn't. They had some really nice steakhouses for, you know, these Congress guys, tons of money, so expense that accounts. Chili or whatever. That, oh, yeah, that and there's like a chili place, and then there's like half smokes. You know, they <laughs> have like these great. Good. Yeah, they had like these great sausages or whatever. Or you got a pit beef on a way out of town. But there wasn't a lot to. And now all of a sudden, I start seeing. Jersey chefs, Philly chefs, people that are on, you know who they are, Top Chef, Chopped. All of a sudden, I see them opening places in and around Washington, D.C., in and around Baltimore, and now in and around National Harbor. Um, those guys are people who, you know, the guy they work next to on the line is now opening all these great markets and stuff like that. You know, we're kind of talking about today's about food courts. Uh, today's the food court T show. Today's about markets. The whole point of this is, I guess this is a, a short story made long by me. What a surprise. <laughs> but um, people who are coming from that uh, that DNA, that, that pool, right. that gene pool, are opening up stuff everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, food court food back in the day. Uh, now it's upgraded. And now it's way, way, way upgraded. Yeah. I remember you'd be at the mall or somebody would be like, oh, we have a food court. And I'd be like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Well, I'll wait till I leave. Now some of this food court food is. Yeah. Are you turning down bourbon chicken? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. The, 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 they'd always get like the nicest looking girl. Uh, I remember. With the, with the toothpick. With the toothpick. <laughs> and, you know, is oh, that a model would, you need to yeah, use, Jim? Yeah, oh, hi. Would you like to? try this and I'm like yeah, but they, on a toothpick. They, like, they always catch me on my 10th walk by. You know? I know this is like the is like with 8 a, minutes away from the past code. I'm like okay well, right. I want to make sure we cover because we're running out of time. No uh, we should let the guys who actually run right, a food the, court. run f stuff in the food court you know kind of well, like take us out of here. I, well I just want to uh, I am I'm going to give them the last few minutes uh, but I want to make sure people know uh, my next food court that I'll be covering real quick is the Comcast Center. The Comcast Center has thousands of people, uh, uh, you know, every week. Uh, in they have the, like a Geno Steaks in there and stuff. Well, in, in, in the Comcast Center, if you guys go there, don't uh, forget, there's a place called Under the Sea Seafood. Under the, and then the letter C, Seafood. Uh, you can get a nice fish meal, you know, they make it right there. Uh, they have fresh seafood in the case, and you can get a nice seafood meal with two sides for eleven ninety nine. Uh, they do a good. It's a family run place. They're very nice people. Uh, it's a nice spot if you're at the Comcast Center. Uh, it's called Under the Sea Seafood. Another spot I like when because I'm at the Comcast Center like six days a week. Uh, another spot I like at the Comcast Center is a place called La Scala's Pizza. And they do everything well. It's a good well. They had a legendary joint over on Chestnut, right? Yeah. That family's yes. been yeah. there for a while, and I know they've kind of jumped out to some places in like uh, suburban Jersey. There's one in Mount Laurel. There's one in I'm going to say maybe Cherry Hill. And, and what I like about this one at the Comcast Center is they do everything well, which is unusual these days. They do meals well. They do yeah, that is well. usually you get one or the other. And like, they do pizza well. So if you guys are at the Comcast Center, La Scala's and Under the Sea with the letter C uh, seafood has nice fresh seafood. If I can get a, a, a fish or a seafood and two sides for eleven ninety nine, I'm happy. Uh, one more spot I want to cover for my, uh, for our listeners. It's called Franklin's Table Food Hall. You might not even have known it was open. It's at 3401 Walnut. It's on Penn's campus. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, I've heard. Why are these college... This is why these millennials are so spoiled. That's right. Oh. I, I got like ramen and disappointment right. when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> and I worked at a diner. We but, were drinking Bush Light. Exactly. 21-year-olds are beer snobs already. But Franklin's Table Food Hall is a nice food court. Uh, it's at 3401 Walnut. It's in on Penn's campus. And what's interesting that you would like, John, since you're the expert... 
Uh, Kensington Quarters is represented. They have a KQ burger. Oh, KQ is, uh, yeah. that's pretty high level. Yeah, and they also have uh, Double Knot has a sushi, a sushi place in there. Oh. Yeah, and they also have a, uh, what's it called, Goldie. Maybe I'll have to take over that one from Kevin. No, Kev, take the day off, man. And, <laughs> and they had uh, Little Baby's Ice Cream, which is popular yeah. in the Fishtown area. Oh, so, yeah, they've so, been, they were a huge, they're still a huge draw yeah. at any of the food truck events. You know, yeah. they got the cool little sort of Euro cart. It's not quite a car. It's not quite a scooter. Uh, people love them. And another spot on uh, college campus I wanted to recommend was owned by Jose Andres, the legendary chef, but it closed. It was called Beefsteak. Oh, he really? The, uh, Jose Andres, the legendary chef, owned it. But it's closed. I wanted to tell you guys about it, but guess what? It's closed. <laughs> See, the problem is Chef is giving away like a bazillion meals a day <laughs> right. to the needy, and I appreciate that. But, you know, you see a Jose Andres place, go in and support them if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to help them out. Somebody's got to pay for meals eventually. I was actually criticizing our emails because last week I didn't know. It must be a nervous habit, but I repeated my diner picks 14 times, and they're like, dude, it's a podcast. I can just rewind. So I'm not going to repeat my list. You guys can hear it. Uh, John's going to give us one more pick, and then we're going to go to the Grubhouse guys to end the show. Uh, I, I will mention this real quick. I've talked a lot about renting Terminal Market over the years. Um, they, they, we're doing these year-end lists. Yes. And once again, I'll throw this out there. Um, over at Molly Malloy's, my buddy Bob Fisher is the executive chef. Uh, this guy's making a criminally good cheesesteak that nobody is talking about. Yeah, Jim uh, Pappas, our cheesesteak guy, went over yeah. there. He made a video of it, and he said he loved it. It's 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 delicious. Bobby's making uh, his own whiz, and I I I somebody takes the time to make their own whiz. I appreciate that because yeah. let's be honest, man, people be happy with the can. Right. Um, there's a ton of cheesesteak places that are making a fortune still open in that orange can. Very true. For someone to take the time to do that. I appreciate that. I think this thing is like ten ninety five with house made chips. And you can eat it while like staring people at the Knicks right in the eye. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, um, it's it's really good cheesesteak, and it's not like Reading Terminal Market doesn't have a share of good food or good cheesesteaks for that matter. Absolutely. I mean, Carmen's is in there, uh, Spataros is in there. Uh, you can get good food, but you look at Molly Malloy's and you think, ah, you know what? It's a beer place. I'm probably not going to get into that. No, trust me. Go sit down at the bar real quick. Uh, get yourself a cheesesteak and a beer. It's like the best $15 lunch I can and think I'll of. I'll tell you real quick. John, I take John's word like it's gospel because he t he turned me on to uh, Nick's meatball sandwich. Ooh. And it's fabulous. Nobody's ever... Uh, I would never oh, think of it. Fabulous. I think most people, except for the people at John's Roast Pork, could stipulate that Denix has the best roast it's, pork sandwich, right? But they have meatballs. Uh, they right. have meatballs. And the lady, after like 20 times of seeing me in there, is like, sweetie, do you want to try something else? I'm like, Couldn't believe it. why, are you out of roast pork? What are we talking <laughs> about here? She's like, I'm going to bring you a meatball sandwich. If you don't like it, Okay. I was stunned. It, I, mean, I couldn't believe how good this thing his, was. I took his advice and tried the meatball. It's at the absolutely like, delicious. Wow. wow. Not like I'm saying to not get the roast pork, but, right, but maybe you're meatball. not in the mood for it. Maybe you're one of those people that don't eat pork, whatever. Yeah. Get the meatballs, well, man. I They're absolutely delicious. Okay. I want to plug our show for one minute, and then you guys will get to uh, wrap up the show. Uh, oh, it's a two hours today, right? I, Justin, I wish. Justin's got nothing I, I, to do. Justin, if not for the Eagles game, I, I just told winning at halftime. I, I just told a buddy of mine, if me and John could talk about every time Topic we talk about for six hours. Oh All my right. God! Uh, uh, you can now find our show syndicated Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Right before you guys go to lunch, uh, on www.indieindiephilly.com. Uh, if you guys are at your workplace, please note I have a very strict rule. I tell every guest that comes into this uh, studio, I do not allow foul language or inappropriate comments. Uh, so feel free to play us at work uh, with no fear of content. Uh, I, I'm encouraging you guys to sit at your desk and listen to our show. Uh, if you guys go to at K2J2W on Twitter, at K2J2W with the numbers, it'll uh, link you right to our website for the Dining on a Dime website. Email us, diningonadime at yahoo.com. Uh, I'll get the email instantly. So if you good or bad, you send me an email, uh, diningonadime at yahoo.com instantly comes to me. Give us your social media, Jim. Grubhouse uh, Philly. Grubhouse Philly on uh, Twitter and Instagram. 
So if you go to Instagram with beautiful photos, uh, at Grubhouse Philly, Twitter at Grubhouse Philly, my man, close out the show. So uh, one thing we were really proud of, it was, I spoke about the biscuits and they're really kind of hard to get right. Um, so we had a little problem in the beginning getting it right and uh, Craig LeBon came in. Had our biscuits. Who and I haven't gravy. heard of him before. A buddy, a buddy, a buddy of yours uh, came in, had our biscuits and gravy, and guest on the show, it, episode twelve. Oh, no. radio, put it. Uh, he put it on his things. Now he didn't say he liked it or hated it, but he put it on his. This is where I ate this week. Okay. And, I feel like, and the funny thing is, we discovered it because one of my mom's friends who had been in for lunch recognized the food in there, and she looked and saw that it was Grubhouse. So, so we were pretty proud about that, especially yeah. like nice. one week after sure. opening when we're trying to get everything. Yeah. We're trying so, to get from that point on, we've really kind of nailed the biscuits, gravy, yeah, if, everything. You know, we right. have to get back in the swing of things, but you know, everything's running really smooth now. And just, you know, you want me to close out? Just, you know, if talking a lot about quality food here, come to the Boris because. Just about every vendor in there is doing stuff, you know, fresh made, you know, returning, you know, people think that it can't be that way because it's fast casual. It's like, no, people, there's a lot of effort going into what you see there at every stall. And, you know, if you want great food, there's a ton of variety. So Sounds great. I advise you come check us out. Um, like I said, uh, shout we, out to our great staff, too. That right. was, yeah, yeah. Let's not forget staff them, at uh, so. Grub House. OK, we're let so. me just say this real quick. People know that um, I've been a Grub House fan for a long time. I'm not a Grubhouse fan. I, I'm, I'm not like a friend of his, and that's why I say he has good right. food. We become friends because he has good yeah, food. Right. One comes before the right. other. Sounds so. great. Okay. Well, next Get Sunday. out to the bourse and stay hungry, everybody. Yeah, stay next, hungry, Next Sunday, best bar food. You can find Table for One, written by Dining on the Dime's own Kevin Wilson at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Be sure to download John Cole's other two podcasts, The Food Truck Authority and Foodin' Around with Tony Luke at wildfireradio.com.